Hello everyone, my name is Sky Menhart and you are listening to Manic State of Mind, a podcast where I discuss what it's like to have bipolar disorder, what I've learned, and some great mental health tips. If you're interested, please enjoy the show. Let me know if you like it, subscribe, and give me a rating. I'll see you guys in the episode. Hello everyone, welcome to today's show. Today is the last episode of our first season of Manic State of Mind. I know sometimes podcasts like don't always have seasons, but I decided I wanted to make this a thing just for organizational purposes. So it's the last episode of the first season. It's the season finale. And today I wanted to speak about something that has been extremely essential in my growth as a person, as someone who struggles with mental illness, as somebody who has experienced tragedy in my life. I wanted to speak about how to bounce back after a tragedy or a manic episode if you do have bipolar disorder. So today I want this is I wanted to speak about this topic because I feel like it's a good it's a good wrap up for our first season, you know, during our first season we spoke about what it's like to have a manic episode, what it's like to be hypomanic, what it's like to be depressed. But today I wanted to speak about when you're done with your episode, when you're done with going through what you've gone through, how do you rebuild your life? How do you bounce back? How do you come back and make yourself successful once again? So this episode is very meaningful to me because I've had to do this several times. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I have become manic quite a bit in my life. I've been hospitalized quite a bit. I've had to restart everything quite a bit. And so I wanted to give you guys some practical tips on how to bounce back after a tragedy and what you can do to get yourself going again, get yourself successful again, and pull yourself together after you've been hit hard by life. Now, if you're a listener who doesn't struggle with bipolar disorder, this episode can still be great for you in case you are going through something that's really hard right now and you want to know how to make a comeback. So the first thing I wanted to speak about today is feeling your feelings. Now, if you guys know me, you know I am a big emotive person. I am extremely emotional. Obviously, I think it is heightened because of my mood disorder, but I really do have big feelings and it's really been important for me to allow myself to feel them. Now, for me, feeling isn't as hard as processing. I think processing takes more time, but it it all starts with feeling your feelings and allowing yourself to experience that grief and loss or whatever it is you may be going through. This can be difficult, especially if you're someone who tends to bottle things up, who tends to repress their emotions, who tends to hide inside. This can be really difficult to just allow yourself to be emotional. I know for me, it's kind of easy for me to be emotional, but it is hard for me to process those emotions and understand why they're happening and what's going on. On the other hand, sometimes I can be too analytical and not feel my feelings enough. So it's really important to find that balance, find that middle space and allow yourself to feel your feelings. There are a few ways that I have felt my feelings when dealing with loss. One of them is through writing. I love to write. I write in my journal a lot. And this kind of really helps me process my emotions and understand what's going on on a deeper level. Because sometimes if I just start to write, Things will come out of me that I didn't think I was actually feeling, but once I'm done writing, it's like, oh wow, I can see how this and this happened and now I feel this way. 
So if you're not a writer, there are other ways to feel your feelings and express your emotions, but it's really important to find an outlet either way. I'm going to speak about this uh, topic later on in the episode, but one thing I do whenever I need to feel my emotions is I just go in a space where I'm all alone, usually in my car, I go for a drive, and I just start talking out loud to myself about what I feel, about why I feel this way, and I try to understand what's really going on. Now, if you're not a talkative person, I would try writing. If you're not a writer, I would try talking, just because you can find these different ways to express your emotions and kind of understand them and begin to process them. Like I said, processing does take a long time and you need to just give yourself that patience and that perseverance and understand that it will be a while before you can fully process tragic events, especially if they're very traumatic. It can take years to fully process and fully understand what was actually going on. And this is something that sucks. As someone who has been through some traumatic things, I can tell you it's not easy And it can be really weird because sometimes you'll be hit with some weird emotion that you thought you had dealt with, but really you hadn't. But trauma really works in a funny way. So it's important to let yourself just be how you are in every moment and try to honor yourself by feeling your feelings as they come along. And don't ever try to force yourself to feel something that you don't feel. If you are not really feeling like writing, if you don't feel like thinking about things for a second, don't force yourself to do something that makes you uncomfortable just for the sake of trying to get through it. You know, it's important to meet yourself where you're at and find your middle space and find your ability to just go through what you are going through without judgment and without trying to force yourself to do something differently or do something you don't feel like doing. So another thing that's really important when you are going through a tragic period, when you are kind of trying to bounce back and get yourself together is just taking things one step at a time. This is something that has really worked for me, especially when after my husband left me and I had that manic episode and I had to move back in with my parents and I was just like in a really low place. You know, I didn't have a car. I didn't have an apartment. I didn't have anything. And I had to just pull myself together one step at a time. And this was very excruciating because for me, I wanted to move out right away. I wanted to get a car, but I just didn't have any money. I didn't have the ability to do that yet. So I had to really be patient and take everything one step at a time. So this can be really great if you're a planning kind of person. If you like to plan things, you can get out a list and just write down things you need to get done in a month and try to do one thing every week and get it done. That's worked for me. I just kind of made a list of things that I needed to do in order to become independent again. And then I just kind of crossed them off as I could, as I kept going and as I plodded along. It's really important during this phase to give yourself time and patience. Making a simple plan can be really great because you have your steps laid out. You know what needs to get done and you have a direction to go. It can be really hard when you're dealing with trauma and loss and you have nowhere to go, no direction, especially if you've lost something, like if you've lost a job, if you've lost, you know, a home, if you've lost whatever you may have lost, if you've lost something, it can be really hard to kind of find your way back and figure out where you are. But it's really important to just make a simple plan for yourself, make it as easy as you can, something that's really doable, really reachable, and just try to do one thing every day to make that happen. That's really worked for me and it did eventually. I was able to pull myself out. I moved out of my parents' house. I got a car. I got a job. It was it all worked out. And so I'm I'm an example of how this kind of slow planning and slow process can really work. 
So one thing to appeal to your kind of emotional side when you're going through something is to find a meaningful activity. So this can be literally anything. Anything that you find interest in can be really helpful when you're going through a tragedy just so you can distract yourself from the horrible emotions you feel. I know that's kind of counterintuitive to feeling your feelings and dealing with your emotions, but finding something meaningful to in, to just invest yourself in, to just kind of immerse yourself in, can really help you go through the grief in a healthier way because you're not just down on your ass thinking about how horrible your life is every second of the day. It can be really important to find something you enjoy doing, even if you're not feeling your best. So for me, that was kind of getting into spirituality. And it's been awesome because it has helped me not only, you know, distract myself from my tragedy, but it's helped me kind of find meaning in life and have, you know, form meaningful habits that have helped me in my everyday life. So whatever you're interested in, if you find one thing you're interested in or find a topic you could research or anything you could do, I think it would be really important and really helpful to get into that and just allow yourself to get lost in what you love. And maybe eventually you'll even make a career out of it. Who knows? There are so many possibilities. But I think when you're at your lowest point, it can be kind of hard to find meaning in life, especially if a lot of things have been taken from you or you've lost somebody you really love. It can be really hard to find meaning again. And one way to do that is by finding or taking up a new hobby or a new activity. Um... I wrote down in my notes, I wrote, find something to get obsessed with. This can be really helpful because it just kind of gives you an outlet, something to, you know, distract yourself and ease yourself from the pain. And I know that sounds like counterintuitive, but for me, it's really helpful, especially if you've been through something so traumatic and you're really not ready to deal with it. This can be good. It can be like a good way to just ease yourself and ease your mind as you, you know, find something that you're interested in. And it can really become a meaningful hobby or habit that you carry with you through the rest of your life. So it's not always a bad thing to distract yourself from the pain. I just don't feel like it is. Another thing that's really important Now, this is something that I didn't always have when I was going through my traumatic experiences, especially the most recent one. I didn't really have anyone I could talk to. I didn't really have any friends. I didn't have... I mean, my family... They're not a feeling kind of people. They don't talk about feelings. They don't ask you like how you're doing or what's going on. So I didn't have many people to talk about what I was going through. Obviously, I did end up getting a therapist, which was great. But at first, I was just all alone and I had no support. So if you are kind of like me and you have no support and you don't have anyone you can turn to and talk to, there are other options. So for me, one thing I did was confiding in myself. So writing in my journal every night, trying to figure out what was going on, trying to deal with my trauma on my own. Also doing other therapeutic activities with yourself can be really helpful, like like uh, drawing, anything that kind of helps you express your emotions, listening to some good music you like, trying to picture, you know, write down a story, just trying to do anything creative can really help kind of ease that pain and help you process your emotion in a different way, other than just talking about it with someone or like confiding in someone else. Because unfortunately, not all of us have amazing support systems. And that's just the truth. If you do have an amazing support system, I'm really happy for you. I hope that is working for you. If you can find somebody who you can talk to, whether it be a friend, a family member, a therapist, whoever you have in your life, 
just make sure you're letting them know what's going on with you and how you're feeling so that you're not going through this alone. And if you feel like you're going through this alone, you're not alone. I'm right there with you. I'm cheering you on. I believe in you. You can do this. Just keep going and I promise you it's going to get better eventually. It'll just take a little time. So that's what, you know, in my experience, I didn't really have anybody to talk to. And that was really hard. So that's when I started like talking out loud to myself in the car, sorting through things by myself. And honestly, it helped me kind of feel independent and self-sufficient by giving myself that emotional support that I needed. And this is this has really helped me foster a sense of self-love and self-sufficiency because now I don't feel like I need to be around people all the time because I'm good on my own. I can sort through my own stuff by myself and I feel independent. I feel strong. I don't feel like I need people, which has been something that's been really good for me because I think when I was younger, I used to surround myself with people, especially when I was going through a hard time to distract me from what was really going on and to help me, you know, I guess to to distract myself from the pain I was really feeling, I would just fill that void with other people with relationships. And thankfully, being alone and not having amazing friends has really helped me uh, realize that I don't need other people to be emotionally successful and emotionally fulfilled. And so that can be, even if you don't have anyone kind of look at it as a blessing because you're going to have this time to get to know yourself and to find what really works for you. And then you'll be even better in the long run. So the last, well, the second to last thing I wanted to speak about today is just giving yourself space and time. Obviously, it's important to remain productive with yourself. It's important to keep going with your life, even if you've been hit with tragedy and loss. But what you need to understand is that you might not be up to this challenge you might not up be up to you know facing your fears and getting your shit together it just might not be the time for you i'm not saying that in a condescending way i'm just being realistic you're not always going to be ready for the challenges you face you might all you might not always feel like being productive and pulling yourself together honestly for a long time all i wanted to do was sleep i just wanted to sleep for six months and then wake up And everything would be different. You know, I feel like a lot of people who go through tragedy kind of get to that point where you just want to go into a cave and hibernate for a year and then come back and hopefully your life will be fine. So it's important to give yourself the space and time that you need to heal. That's what this is all about. It's all about healing. And healing can look really messy sometimes. It's not always going to be perfect. You're not going to be this amazing, you know, courageous person all the time. You're going to have moments where you feel like giving up. And so it's important to just work with yourself through these moments and allow yourself to feel whatever you feel. This can be really difficult and it can be really discouraging, but just keep going and it will get better. And if you give yourself the grace to go at your own pace, I know that rhymes, I'm sorry. If you give yourself the grace to go at your own pace, you you will be successful eventually because you will just be you know, staying true to yourself and honoring yourself in that way. You you really have to meet yourself where you're at and try to work from that point. You know, for me, whenever I started, whenever I was trying to get my life together after a tragedy, I... I started with nothing. I mean, I didn't even have a social security card. I had lost my social security card. I had lost my driver's license. 
I didn't have my wallet. I didn't have so many basic things. And so I had to just start by going back to get my driver's license, by going to get my social security card. I had to do one thing at a time. And in that moment, I'm trying to think back to how I felt, you know, when I had nothing, when I was totally broke. And I just wanted to get all of that over with. I just wanted to skip ahead to the part where I was living in my own apartment and I had my own car and I had a great job. But it just doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't happen right away. And so I had to be really patient and allow myself to just go through each stage as is. One message that's been coming through to me, and you know what's funny? I was listening to this, you know, when they were, I I live in the US and when they were counting the election and stuff, they were saying, trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. And I cannot tell you how often I hear that phrase, especially in my life, because I'm a very impatient person. You know, if you know anything about astrology, I'm a Virgo. I just want to skip ahead and get to the good parts. I want to be done with the crappy parts of life. And I want to get to the part where I'm really successful. But this doesn't always happen right away. And so I keep hearing this message, trust the process, trust the process. And I think this is an essential message to hear, especially when you're going through grief and loss, when you've been hit with tragedy, you have to just trust the process. Now, it can be kind of... It can be kind of hard to figure out how, you know, like, how do I just trust the process? How do I let go? How do I just give in to the flow of life? And I think it's all about just relaxing and allowing yourself to just be in whatever space you are, to just be however you feel right now, to just be who you are at each moment, and not trying to rush the process, not trying to Pull things into your life that aren't meant to be into your life at this moment, just relaxing and letting go. And this can be really hard, especially when you're someone who deals with anxiety and depression, when you have that panicky feeling that you have to get everything together and you're running out of time. It can be really difficult to just give yourself that space to grow and to continue to change. And so I encourage you to find ways in your life that you can just learn to trust the process. And this could be through grounding activities, through meditation, through talking to someone, through, you know, mapping out your life and trying to figure out where you are on your journey and what's what the next step is and just kind of making a general plan. It can be really helpful. If you're wondering how I trust the process, um, one of the things I do is I often find myself meditating and praying and just putting my trust in a higher power. And I know they speak about this in like Alcoholics Anonymous, um, finding a higher power. And this can be anything, but I think it can be really helpful, especially when you're dealing with something that feels way bigger than you. It can be really helpful to find a higher power that you can put your trust in. Whether it be, it could be anything. I mean, I choose like spirit and universe, but you could find anything like a burger that is floating above you. You can put your trust in that burger and just say, you know what? I'm giving it up to you, burger. Whatever happens, happens. I know that sounds silly, but I think it can be really effective. And I think that it can really help you just let go and allow life to happen as it does. Now, I'm not saying let life happen to you. I'm just saying go with the flow and just trust that you're meant to be where you are now and you're growing for a reason and things are going to get better if you just continue to move forward. 
Hey guys, so for the last part of the podcast, I just wanted to speak about the direction that we will be going in in future episodes and what's going to happen after this first season is over. So since this is the last episode of the season, since this is the season finale of season one, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your support and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate you. You have made my life so fun just by knowing that you guys are listening and by the messages I've received. I really appreciate it. Since we are growing, since we are a growing community, I am planning on having some review episodes during these two weeks until Thanksgiving and during Thanksgiving. I might have about three review episodes before we begin our second season, we will see. And honestly, I just need that time to review and to plan on what I'm going to be doing in the second season. I'm definitely going to continue to talk about bipolar disorder and my experience, but I kind of also want to speak about my experience with ADHD, with other mental illnesses that I have, (laughs) and other mental health stuff that I want to speak about. So I hope you guys stay tuned for those review episodes and for the second season. Thank you so much for listening up to this point. I appreciate you so much and I can't wait to continue to grow this podcast with you and go on this journey with you. Um, I will probably, like I said, I'll be taking a break for a few weeks, but I will be producing episodes. They're just going to be they're just going to be review episodes for anybody who's new, who's coming on, who hasn't heard all the first ones. And then Probably around Christmas time, I will, or a little after Christmas, I will start the second season and we'll see what happens then. I just need a little time to plan and prepare and figure out what direction I want to go in. So, like I said before, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on Instagram, please do at Manic State of Mind Podcast on Instagram. And if you want to leave me a rating or subscribe, I would really appreciate that. Please leave a a review if you love my show, because that's how I know that you love my episodes and you listen to my show every week. Thank you so much for your support, and I will see you guys next season. Or not next season, I will see you guys in the next episode next week during our season break. That is what I'm trying to say. Sorry, y'all. I'm all over the place. It's been a crazy day. I will see you guys next week.